why we keep talent out of a lot of the creative process and the briefing process and kind of go to them last on things is because brands want to speak freely about the person that they've engaged and they want to be able to speak freely and if the talent's in the conversation it's just very prescriptive and that's why we try and keep the brand and us working directly so closely and then what we do is Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kim Barra Show. I am your host, Kim Barra, and on today's episode, we are joined by Ryan Chip Chipperfield. Now, he runs an amazing company, um, Blue Ship Talent, where they really focus on helping and connecting brands, personalities, whether and talent, whether that be media, influencers, sport, and bringing together and making sure that there's a conducive and working relationship. If you've ever thought, how does that world work of you know, talent management and brand deals and all this sort of amazing stuff that seems to be out there in the ethers, this is an episode you will not want to miss. And of course, if we can ever help you with your marketing, head over to our free Facebook community, www.joinmygroup.com.au, where you have all the amazing marketing things you need and more. But until then, let's jump into the show. Chip, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time. Great to be on the show, Kim. I've listened to some episodes in the past, like what you're doing, and um, yeah, you've been a great friend and supporter to some of our talent over in Perth. So uh, yeah, I'm very happy to be on and join you today. Great to have you here. And uh, I always like to start the podcast off the same way every time, which is if sure. you and I met at a party and we were just chatting away, and I said to you, Chip, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? Oh, yeah, cool. Uh, the the go-to answer is not what Jerry Maguire does. Uh, everyone thinks that talent agents are show me the money types. We actually really care about our talent. So technically, I'm a, a talent manager. Uh, I'm also the managing director for our talent agency, Blue Chip Talent. And uh, in that role and in that function, I look after people. Most importantly, I look after brands and partners to align to those people. So our team is made up of both uh, athletes and media personalities, as well as influencers. Um, so it's a group of people that are all very diverse in their needs. And then we have sort of two customer bases within that. We have the talent themselves and then the brands. So our job is to marry them up as best as possible, as authentically as possible. And um, and yeah, help help all parties benefit as a result. Amazing. Love that. And I'd love to know, so on, on both sides, number one, how do you filter through and know who is a good talent to represent? Because I'm sure across influencers, media, and athletes, there's like good and bad, or maybe like good quality versus people that maybe aren't going to have the right reach for the brands you represent. And then similarly, how do you find great brands for them to partner up with? Yeah, really good question. The the talent question changes all the time because as you get bigger and better, you're able to access talent that you didn't think were possible. So I always sort of explain um, the early phases of running a talent agency as um, – quite tricky because you probably need to take uh, a roll of the dice on some people that you see potential that maybe they hadn't seen potential in from others. So, you know, ultimately um, when we started over seven years ago, we were um, looking for the sports that we felt were underrepresented. So we focused primarily on the Winter Olympics because we felt that obviously all the Summer Games talent was was pretty squared away. They've had long-term managers. We had to look where opportunity was and where we felt they were underserved. So, we targeted um, athletes on the peripheral. Our model has always been to target athletes in sports that don't have governing bodies from a players association perspective. So we don't need any licensing or accreditation um, from the relevant sport. 
Um, so in that regard, Winter Olympics, they were an isolated athlete. They weren't under a governing body. We could manage them directly without needing to do an AFLPA license or an NRLPA license. That was kind of how we started. And then going forward, we've been able to move into media and influencers, which is, I mean, the influencer question, that's changing every day because um, three years ago, you know, people didn't even know how to spell insights. Now, every minute of every day, they're talking about insights. So I think that one's going to be more data-driven. Primarily to me, what's most important, are they fantastic to meet in person? You know, and are they going to represent a brand really well in public? You know, would they be any reputational risk for anyone? And and three, do I want to work for them? And I, I don't think talent understand that third one enough is I've got to feel motivated to go and hunt for them and go to work for them and chase down opportunity for them. So that's definitely a big part of um, what's important to me when we start thinking of, you know, who we want on our team and where we want to grow. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something that changes every day. The insights thing with influencers has just gone up so rapidly and, I like to sort of say that one year in influencing is like dog years. It's like one is to seven. Um, you know, the way that the TGA laws have changed, the way that financial regulations have come in about ASIC and what they can do and can't say, um, those things are changing every day. So, yeah, primarily uh, that's been a big focus for us is just getting people that we know we can trust and that we want to work for. Yeah, amazing. Love that. And then the obviously the other side, the brands, finding the right brands, finding out how you can, you know, combine them together. How did um how how does that side work? Yeah. So when someone comes on board, I, I literally make them go through their house and write down everything that they use every day. Um, because for me, there's never a bad time to tell a brand that someone's a fan of them. So um, you know, as simple as like one of our athletes like adores Milo. So it's like, all right, well, you know, it's such a random thing, but like you just go and start, you know, like it's so random that there's this 30 year old athlete that wants to have some Milo and that's great. And then you kind of just get to go and put two things together. I, I always feel like authenticity is really key and it's probably been overused as a word in the industry, but um, having a personal anecdote, having a real touch point, trying to connect something that you can see is actually a part of their life. They're the partnerships that the talent get most excited about. So whenever you're coming up with those situations, you're actually trying to think where the authenticity is and um, and how I can kind of match those two things together. So uh, just last month, we were very lucky to work with Bunnings. We had two talent doing a home renovation where they were doing their deck and they were doing an outdoor area. Like that was as authentic as it gets because both of those talent have already publicly said that they were doing renovations. They were excited to work with Bunnings. It's an iconic brand to them. They were there every weekend anyway. They're those sorts of scenarios where you're like, you know, that perfect synergy does exist and um, everyone has a win because it's a sort of dream brand for the talent, but also the client gets someone that really understands the core value of their brand too. With that and obviously approaching them, are how open are brands these days to being approached? Because obviously, as you said, there's been – the rise of the influencer, there's obviously the rise of the sporting stars and, and uh, well, they've been around for a while and media personalities where it seems like everyone is trying to get their brand out there more. How open are brands these days to being like, you know, introduced to different personalities, whether it be influencer, media or sporting? Yeah, they're always open to new business if it's pre-qualified. And um, what I think the, the big, issue at the moment is is that you've got talent doing mass mail out we we, we laugh the media kit was always about when you're in the media and now it's just everyone's got a media kit 
Um, and, and I know that it's important and it's got a role, but it was always meant to be about being in the media and, and sort of building out your profile and all those sorts of things. So, look, we're not a push out a media kit company and I've sort of put that in anywhere I can and, and, and everything that we do. I also say we're not a hope you're well company. And what I mean by that is you won't ever get an email from me that says, hi, Kim, hope you're well. It's just not my style. It's not my, I like to have a personal relationship, a personal touch. I like to think about the brand deeply. I like to think about the talent's connection to the brand deeply. Um, and it's been really important to us that that's been in the fabric of everything that we do. So as an organization, we're trying to not be a, I hope you're well, and we're trying to pre-qualify our leads and our discussions. So um, in that regard, it's been quite successful. And I always say we punch above our weight. Uh, we've got some amazing talent, but we don't have Delta Goodrum. So in that regard, we've got to work and really push to make sure that our guys get the visibility. And that means our time has to be very targeted. So we're very targeted in what we submit and put forward because, you know, and no one knows this better than yourself, but target demographics, audience breakdowns, all these sorts of things, I can't take to them an influencer that doesn't have children for a children's product. And just it, And that stuff happens. It's crazy. You know, they don't have an understanding of what's going on as a talent. Some of these talent are just pushing themselves out there to everyone. And we want to make the shift where we've got pull products, talent that pull brands in, as opposed to always being a push product where we've got to push talent onto brands. So um, as a, yeah, I guess there's a few other things in that too. We do uh, scarcity factor. So our talent max out at four to five bookings a month. We always have a set number. We don't like the organic content getting too far out of whack. We want to have nice natural brand partnerships coming through so that it's not just ad, 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 ad. Um, Black Friday makes that pretty tricky and we'll laugh about that, but um, any other time of the year, maybe Boxing Day, Day aside, you're able to kind of naturally work through a weekly basis and schedule. So um, scarcity helps because we can have a correspondence with a brand and start talking about something for January or February because that's when a spot's available as opposed to, hey, we want the work now. How do we do that? Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's always about that planning, and it's like it's um and from from what I've seen as well, from my limited exposure to obviously is that we've got some mutual friends and clients, yes. and it seems some sometimes these days brands if they see someone who's good, even if it's not in alignment, they don't really check people's stuff. They kind of try and jump into them and and push their stuff as well. Like you know, our, um, our <laughs> one of my good friends is like uh, vegan and. Or vegetarian and doesn't drink and she's had alcohol products and you know burger places kind of reach out so it's, it seems like it's kind of both sides if someone looks like a good um uh, a good avenue for their audience they seem to be kind of pushing pretty heavily trying to get people on even if it's not in alignment as well yeah they push so hard and they've got um agencies and and things that reach out and do outreach and then sort of the three as you know the three parts of like the creative process, creative agency works with influencer agency to represent brands. So um, sometimes we go direct and we cut out that middle step and we come up with a creative program for the influencer campaign. And um, we're very lucky that a lot of the talent almost act like uh, a creative studio in their own way. I mean, we, we, we both love Ashley Jade. She's the perfect example. I mean, she sends me, uh, she basically reverse briefs in a lot of cases because she knows what will connect and what will work. Um, and that's a great kind of example of a talent where um, they're prepared and they understand the brand. They know exactly what they want to deliver for them. And then we kind of go and get those concepts approved. So it's definitely a natural way of doing it. Creative agencies obviously want to have the creative input. So in those cases, it's a little bit different. The, the briefs might be a little bit more structured. 
But yeah, it has to be a fit. And and she's a great example. You mentioned alcohol before. She doesn't drink. So for us, we're not out there wasting any time on those sorts of things. And um, and her and I connect on that. I'm the same. And it's just, it's amazing because um, if anyone actually watched her socials, she's quite active in, in, in sharing that with her audience. And the amount of inquiries that still come through about alcohol and alcohol specifically, um, it just shows you that sometimes like doing 10 seconds of research really isn't enough. And I can't tell you enough how much talent notice, <laughs> talent always notice, and they want the brand to feel like they understand their ecosystem. Yeah, 100%. And look, I don't, I'm not a piece of talent in that regard. I, I don't do anything, <laughs> but I tell you what, just because of my name, I tell you how many emails I get offering me swimwear. Um, and I have to go back and be like, I'm probably not going to look good in your bikini. I'm just going to put it out there. Like, no one's going to be buying that. Hey, look, throw up an affiliate code, see what happens, Kim. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's so funny. I was like, every now and again, I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, collaboration or like, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm going to, you know, someone wants to do something would be awesome. And then it's like, we'd love to send you our, you know, our latest one piece bikini, but I'm like, nah, <laughs> it's uh, not, <laughs> not for me. Know, it's a double edged sword. Yeah. People either think I'm I'm female or maybe a small Korean uh, Korean man. But that's the only uh, <laughs> food that I get. Normally, unfortunately, either way, it looks great in swimwear. But no, I, I I totally understand, and I think, like I said, it's pre qualification on both sides, and and talent in particular, they want to feel um, needed and wanted for a campaign, um, and that can make a big difference. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I love that, hundred percent. And what like for people out there, if they are influencers in the media, sport. Is anything like obviously? Um, I, I have my opinion. Probably, I'm assuming it's going to be similar to what you're going to say. I hope, but like, is there anything that's too small to be able to start working with brands and things like that? Yeah, I, I think um, there was that transition from push to pull for me. Like I was saying before, where I think you you kind of know your insights, your DMs, your emails. They kind of tell you when you you're going to that next step. What I would say, and I think this is a really important piece of advice for everyone that's on the journey to say five to 25,000 in this critical range of following. And the follower numbers don't matter that much, but it's just sort of when the behavior changes. That's kind of why I'm tipping the cap to this scenario. Um, if you act like a billboard at that point, your engagement rate's going to go off a cliff and um, you'll get all these exciting opportunities and brands that will surprise talent go so micro. Um, they'll do gifting, they'll do uh, invites to events, they'll do free appearances, all that sort of stuff. You'll get so much product, you, you know, your mailbox is starting to fill up. And then if you go and just become a billboard at that point, uh, you'll lose the next step. It will take away your privileges. And it's like, I kind of use the example almost like a Virgin Lounge or a Qantas Lounge. You've got to take the natural progression and steps. And if you fly more, you need those things more. And they're part of your life and they're critical. Whereas if you fly every now and then, you're probably happy to go check out the food court and linger around a little bit more. And, and influencing is the same. If your audience feels you make the change too early before you're getting paid, it can have a really big detriment to your account. And people don't like billboards. We deliberately drive past it. We skip ads. So you've got to remember the later that you can make the jump, the better protected you will be for your audience and their needs. Yeah, 100%. And I, I also like... And from the sounds of what you're saying, there it's similar to my viewpoint as well, which is that it's like a you know a engaged, amazing audience of you know three to five thousand of the perfect person 
is worth way more than a tidily engaged audience of 500,000, where it's a big mixed broad bag and you don't have no idea who's kind of in it. Um, and, you know, like I, uh, I love, you mentioned travel this. I love travel. I love point hacking and stuff like that. And I literally did a post about point hacking on my Instagram and we got like 220 people that wanted a training that I did on it, um, which are all business owners spending money that, you know, want to grow and travel more and not have to pay full fares and be able to, you know, yep. travel the world in business class and things like that. Um, this would be a very small portion of the um, audience that I have, but it was a very specific portion. So I think more and more it's becoming important that it's like that the quality, um, obviously, you know, quantity sometimes is amazing, but if you have a very harness quality, like it, it always beats anything. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, as you know as well, the ROAS number, the the return on ad spend is ultimately what people are judged by. And it doesn't matter if you've got 100 followers or 100,000, um, most brands are looking for a 2 to 4x return on their investment. Um, you know, sometimes if it's a bigger brand, they're not as clinical, as precise. Like, you know, we're working with some major retailers at the moment for Black Friday and, you know, they're not worried if the person doesn't move the, the needle from a sales perspective it's a brand awareness play but most of the time e-commerce brands are looking as i said about two to four times return on investment so for every dollar you're asking for two to fall back because even though that sounds crazy because the talent will be like well if i gave them if i gave them a dollar's worth of work and then they got two dollars back aren't they going to be absolutely stoked that you're not factoring in that there's wages on both sides there's a creative brief. There's all these other things. There's a, quite a lot of spend that goes in to actually just make the campaign happen in the first place. So that's why those numbers are generally a little bit higher than just what they've spent specifically on the talent themselves. 100%. And I suppose as well, it come, does come down to opportunity cost, right? Because you can acquire people through different channels. But if you've got a channel that's getting you a better return, it's like, will you want to keep spending on a channel that's giving you one-to-one or maybe slightly less? It's, it's always going to be that... Um, that factor of weighing up the dollars and, and cents side of things. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the, the set and why we keep talent out of a lot of the creative process and the briefing process and kind of go to them last on things is because brands want to speak freely about the person that they've engaged and they want to be able to speak freely. And if the talent's in the conversation, it's going to be, hey, babe, and thanks so much. We appreciate you so much and all this stuff. When they write to me, they just say, hey, that's too long. Need to cut this running running too deep down a rabbit hole there it's just very prescriptive and i think that's what our role is to be it's the same thing that real estate agents go through with a house if the owner was there you couldn't give them the direct feedback that you needed to about why the price wasn't appropriate and and it's the perfect example in this case because a lot of the times this is just real estate this is just buying space it's buying um a person's ability to market to their audience and that's something that we always consider in this and that's why we try and keep the brand and us working directly so closely. And then what we do is is take the really actionable feedback and then kind of soften it into the talent, knowing the person that we need and how we need to get the outcome out of them. Because some people are just built to handle it and others aren't. Um, and sometimes we'll just pass it on exactly as is because we need that person to sort of hear it, see it, read it. Whereas in other cases, we need to just sort of just be a little bit more gentle and really work the problem in the scenario. Yeah, 100%. And look, I... I find similar when we have uh, client work and if we get any of it done on video and uh, if they go off script or anything like that, it is like when I review it, I give the team the harsh feedback because I'm very happy to call their baby ugly 
um, when, when we're going through that process. But then they can kind of break it down and then they'll go like, maybe in the intro or the hook here, let's just adjust this. Let's talk to this point um, versus, yeah, you know, some of our clients that can be very blunt within there, happy with the others. It's like, yeah, we give them the, uh, the delicious sugar coating to make sure that it, it gets uh, received nicely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, like that, that all comes back down to relationships. If you know your client, yeah. you know your person, um, you know, what we've always tried to do is have a cap on the amount of people we have and the amount of staff we have. And we put what we feel is the best person for the job on with each of those talent. And for some reason people connect better with, um, with women, men, all that. sort. So we factor all that sort of stuff in and we've got uh, account managers on every account that are best qualified to deal with that. Um, you know, we're, we're very lucky to have some very powerful beauty clients. That's not my area of expertise. I'm white as a ghost and, um, and, and, you know, I don't offer anything from the beauty landscape, but I understand that client. I understand their needs. We've, we've employed a person that's fantastic for them that can really build that account out and works, understands to work with the talent because, yeah, when it comes to, um, eyeliners or, um, or glow complexion, I'm not going to be able to offer anything, um, in that regard. So, Having those best people around you to understand the people that we've engaged to do that work, absolutely critical. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I love that. And I'd love to know, obviously, like we're recording this currently, like towards, you know, middle, exactly the middle of November, heading towards 2024. Do you see any changes coming up in the landscape or anything like that across the next year? Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, all these uh, interest rate increase, increases have to mean something and there's consequence coming. Uh, we've already seen. A softening, you know, and and generally marketing's ten percent of sales. So when sales are down for the biggest companies in Australia, we we have to listen to that. And from our landscape, that means we're hustling harder. Uh, we're trying to drive outcomes uh, for our talent. We're trying to make sure that their their earnings aren't going backwards in a market that is going backwards. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. I think people are going to be very deliberate with where they spend their money next year, and they should be. Um, you know, to, to, to live in your home and to breathe the same air, in some cases, it's three or $4,000 more a month now, you know, um, speaking to personal experience. I think we went from something like a 1.91 over three years to almost a 6% interest rate. Um, so, you know, that's that's just the, the here and the now, and that's real. And um, I think talent need to understand the broader economic challenges. I think tone deafs being really important and, and not having... A sort of no awareness of that like um now is not the time to be putting on full retail plus 25 like it's just not the time to do that you've got to be really strategic in your approach you've got to be really deliberate if you're going to reach out to brands i think you've got to be aware and thoughtful um and and try and help them get an outcome as well i, I don't think enough people ask and i almost answer the phone with this every time it's like how can i help you you know, and I think that's sort of the approach in this kind of market is to, yeah, just be a little bit more strategic, um, be thoughtful to the brand's needs. Yeah, you know, like I know it sounds crazy, like read the news. Like if, if for example, Salesforce has just laid off all those employees, well, I'm probably not going to send them a tone deaf email asking for $15,000 in influencer payments um, and, and sort of not have a strategy or, or, or secret behind it. So, yeah, like just knowing the landscape of the of the climate out there is really important, in in my opinion, and I think it's something that um, I don't know. Like, there's it's there's not a lot of qualifications required to start agencies, and there's a lot of talent agencies out there, and 
what I kind of like to tell people is that experience actually does count for a lot. I've got a few gray hairs. I've seen some stuff. I think that um, in those years of experience, you learn how to um, handle different situations where, you know, if your manager's a 23-year-old former retail assistant, they've not been through a recession before. They've not been through some of those challenges. They've not had mortgage pressure. Like all those things are really important to have. You want someone with experience in your corner and and that's sort of what we're landing on. And all the team and staff that we have, they've all seen some stuff. They've all had a real genuine life experience to be able to help in those situations. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I love that. I think it's, it is very important because it is easy for people to turn a, a bit of a, a blind eye sometimes, especially if they haven't experienced things for themselves. So yeah, hugely important there. Now, um, I'm sure you and I, we could jam and chat all day, but as we get towards the end of our conversation here, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd love to ask, is there any questions which I haven't asked you yet that I should have? Uh, no, I mean, you've been great. I think it's just always the, the, the things that we get asked a lot are always, um, you know, the qualification for someone to go to from, from influencer to talent or, you know, what, what kind of makes yeah. that leap. And, and I just think, and, and I'll, I'll tell anyone that listens, you already kind of know what your superpower is. I've seen that a bit in your branding as well about the superhero and all. I love it. It's it's great. I think you kind of know what your gift is, and I, I, I can't stress that enough to a young, uh, upcoming, uh, a talent on the rise. Know what your superpower is uh, because at every family barbecue, you get asked the same questions and people are interested in the same things and they want to hear from you what it is that you're great at and uh you know you asked a great question to start this about introducing yourself so knowing how to handle that situation is so critical but then you know doctors have what they call a scope of practice so you'll you'll literally be sitting there with a double degree master's degree doctor and they'll say i can't advise you on that you need to go and see this doctor and talk to them about it now they could probably tell you 101 things about what you need to know but they know their scope of practice what I think influencers are doing too much is they're going outside of their scope and they're really pushing the boundaries as to what they should speak about. So knowing what your scope is, is really critical. And it's what we want to see in, in talent coming through that they understand who they are and what they do. And it will really help us understand if we can specifically help them. So yeah, that would be the, the one thing that I'd say to anyone that's on the talent side of this conversation. And maybe we talk about the brand side too, but on the talent side of this conversation, do you know who you are and do you know what you're good at? Do you feel like you actually accurately represent your audience? Because I, I the one thing I sort of say is that like people always talk about, oh, my community this and my audience wants that. My, but do you know? Like, do you actually know? And, and have we got any information that proves that point? You know, can you give me a scenario where you've tested something and it's worked exactly how you expected? They're the sorts of things that, I guess we ask very specifically and we want to know very specifically about the talent because like I say, it's got to be a marriage for us because we don't eat until they eat, right? So in our scenario, in fact, we'll fly them over, we'll have photo shoots, we'll invest time, we'll build websites, we'll book the media, we'll do all this sort of stuff. You know, it, it could be uh, six months down the road until we see a return on investment. I don't think people probably yeah. understand that side as much as well. It's not us just saying no we can't take you on as a talent. It's like, no, we can't take you on as a talent because it's actually quite a significant investment that we've got to make. We've got to front load the cash in the hopes that we book you work to then eat when you eat. So it's a very, it's a different thing. And that's, you know, 
I think you want someone that's hungry because they're not on a retainer then. They're not going to just be sitting there comfortable. They're going to be trying to hunt the opportunity and the work side by side with you. And you'll get a great high five from us when we do have a win because we're in it too. You know, we're in the same the same boat. Yeah, nice. No, I love that. And for anyone that's heard this and maybe they're interested in finding out more or seeing what you guys are up to, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Yeah, sure. They're just the website for sure. So the uh, website's blueshiptalent.com.au. It's actually, I think we think we're doing the blueshiptalent.au these days, but no one, everyone still says .com. So we, I think we do both, which is great. Um, <laughs> and then on there, there's a there's a few things. There's sort of information for the brand side, some sort of case studies, some previous work that we've done. A lot of our media stuff is on there. Uh, and then from the talent side, there's a, a sort of some information about seeking representation. Um, a little questionnaire that you'd, you'd fill out to to become part of our uh, ecosystem. Um, we're always open to taking new talent, but it is about cycles for us. So we, we always consider every, every application um, closely and we, we take the time. You'll always get a response from us too. And we'll try and share a piece of um, wisdom in that response if it's not the right time for now. Um, but yeah, we appreciate everyone that applies. You know, We're very lucky to get a lot of applications, but Mostly for us, it's just about trying to find the right fit at the right time and um, and the right fit that suits our customer base. And that's what I was saying to you before. There's there's two customers and the brand's one of them. So you've got to make sure that if we're going to onboard someone, that they they fit and represent the, the, the clients that we have as well. So yeah, bluechiptail.com.au, they'll cover you off. And then you know under socials on the same name, if you just type that in, you'll find us on social media. And that's got a lot of our active campaigns, current work that we're doing, the brands that we deal with. And and also it's a good way to look at the talent that we represent because you've got to sort of see a place for yourself in our team. And what we would say to most people is we don't want anyone fighting in our Christmas parties. We want t- people that all have different walks of life. So we're looking for unique people that can come into our system, not sort of people that are like who we've already got. Yeah, nah, amazing. Love that. And so, guys, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it, send it out to someone else. Maybe, you know, someone or a brand or someone that would benefit from hearing this. Please do share it and uh, get a little bit more of this uh, amazing info from uh, Chip that you shared with us today out there. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you for making the time and joining us today. Mate, it's been great. Thanks for sharing your wisdom with uh, everyone and uh, been very nice to be on the show with you.